Today's episode is a pretty sad one, folks. A pretty disappointing loss last night that the Dallas Stars took at the hands of the Calgary Flames. On today's show, we will break down last night's loss, talk about what went wrong for the Stars team down the stretch, and why they will now be entering the All-Star break outside of the playoff picture looking in. All of this coming up on a Wednesday edition of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars, and it is Wednesday, February 2nd. It's a chilly, chilly day here on the South Plains of the Panhandle of West Texas, as I'm sure it is in Dallas as well, uh, pretty much all throughout the state of Texas, wintertime officially here. Uh, some snow popping up all over the state, I imagine, and some pretty freezing temperatures. So I hope you are staying warm. I uh, hope you're staying safe out there listening. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show, for making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, I do appreciate each and every single one of you who listen to the show. Thank you guys for stopping by. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the Locked On Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast at. Uh, be sure to give me a follow on Twitter as well, at Dane double underscore Lewis and at Locked on Stars. You can find me and the show's account on Twitter uh, at both of those places, and they'll be down in the description of the episode as well. Uh, but with introductions out of the way, let's talk about the disaster that was last night's 4-3 to three loss that the Dallas Stars took at the hands of the Calgary Flames. Uh, a game that seemed like, you know, up until the last five five minutes or so, five, six minutes, that the Stars were kind of running away with. It was kind of a stalemate at the start of the third period. The Stars had a 3-1 lead, and then proper Golden State Warriors fashion blew that 3-1 lead to a team that just had an offensive explosion down the stretch. So I'll give the credit to the Calgary Flames uh, before I go on this rant, if you will, tearing the Dallas Stars apart for what they did. Poorly down the stretch. Give Got to give credit to the Flames. The Flames have been a very good road team this season. The majority of their games have been played on the road. I think they've only played 15 games at their home arena this season. So they've had to be a conditioned road team throughout the majority of this 2021-2022 campaign. And they've done that. They had a winning record on the road. I think they were 14-9. and I can't remember the overtime loss numbers, but they had a winning road record, a pretty good winning road record coming into this game. And they, and they stuck to that, but it looked like they might not. Uh, the Stars played well after the Calgary Flames opened the scoring with uh, Tyler Lewis, I believe is his name. Pretty sick last name right there. Uh, player, player for the Calgary Flames right there, scoring the first goal. But the Stars responded. Uh, and they just, you know, couldn't finish the fight. And, you know, I think they did a lot of things well in the first and second period, and even the beginning of the third period, which we'll talk about in the second segment. But the big takeaway from this game is just the defensive execution, or really lack thereof, in that third period. This, ult this game ultimately boils down to poor execution from the defense down the stretch. In the third period, the Calgary Flames had the advantage in Corsi 4, which is just any shot... Uh, whether that's on goal, off target, but any shot from a player 
you know, uh, while they're in the offensive zone. They led that 27 to 6. So they had 27 Corsi shots where the Dallas Stars recorded six. Fenwick four, which is an uncontested, unblocked shot. Uh, Fenwick four, 22 to 5. Calgary had the advantage there. And just general shots on goal. The Calgary Flames had an advantage there. You ready for this? 17 to 3. A lopsided football score was the shooting shots on goal for the Calgary Flames. Dallas Stars split in the third period. Absolutely ridiculous given the state of the game up until about the six-minute mark left in the third period. The Dallas Stars having that 3-1 lead, even though they weren't scoring a whole really any goals in that third period, they were asserting themselves offensively, doing some pretty decent forechecking, but then just it just stopped for some reason. And I, I don't know why. And I, I feel like that's inexcusable uh, from the coaching standpoint, from a player standpoint. Everyone on that Dallas Stars bench and in that locker room needs to be held accountable from the top of the lineup to the top coaching staff member, which is, of course, Coach Rick Bonus. And the Stars, it just seemed like we're not playing to win. They were playing to lose. I feel like I haven't used that term in a while. I feel like I was using that a lot at the start of the season. And this game gave off very similar vibes to that Vegas Golden Knights game way back in October. Uh, that you know They blew a lead in that game, too. It was only a 2-1 to one lead, but nonetheless blew that game. They did get at least a point out of that. You can't say the same for this Calgary game. Uh, you, you know, they give up those two goals and tie the game you're hoping maybe they can at least get to overtime and get away from this game with at least one point but you know uh, we've set our expectations too high I guess as uh, Stars fans to think that this team is capable of, uh, of doing that once once they've blown their opportunity to win the game and it just doesn't make any sense to me how you can stomp the mess out of a team like the Boston Bruins on Sunday a good team a team that is in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference which is a loaded Eastern Conference uh, you know, they're in that second wild card spot as of right now. But then you blow a lead in the third period to a team that's pretty much in the similar boat. The Calgary Flames in a similar position as Boston and the Dallas Stars two days later. I mean, this isn't super far apart. This is literally two days later. One of your best wins of the season, followed by one of your worst losses. This this one stings more than that Friday night loss to the Washington Capitals, because in that game, we kind of knew how it was going to end by the end of the first period. In this game, we thought that the Dallas Stars were going to come out and get the win, you know, pretty much late into the third period. I was watching a college basketball game while watching this hockey game, but I was more engaged with the basketball game because there was more happening there because I was like, oh, the Stars got this, that, you know, they're in the driver's seat, 3-1 lead. They typically do pretty well once they build these leads going into the third period. They've done well for the most part this season. They've had a few shaky games, uh, like I said, that Vegas game, both Vegas games, really uh, blown leads and blown opportunities in those. But overall, playing at home, double goal lead. You think the Stars have that unlocked? But for some reason, they they just couldn't. Uh, you give up two goals in 37 seconds, and the game plan just doesn't really seem to change. You continue to play not to lose instead of playing to win. If it if it's not broke, why change anything? You know, we saw that on Sunday against Boston, the Stars had a comfortable lead, but they continued to pile on where they got that win 6-1 to in this game up 3-1. to Maybe Calgary's defense is a little bit better. I know their penalty kill was like top 10. I think it was sixth in the league going into this game. So again, credit there to the Calgary Flames for having a really, really good PK unit, even though the Stars power play unit is debatably better. I think fourth in the league going into that game. But but that's just insane how you don't change the game plan and continue to try to assert yourself the way that you were early in the game after you give up two goals in 37 seconds and then the game-winning goal uh, just moments later after that. And, you know, I, I mentioned Calgary dominating the penalty kill like they did pretty much all night. Dallas went over three on the power play, but Calgary went over two. Uh, pretty bad night for both teams' power plays all around. But, I mean, the Stars had a chance. They, they you know, they allowed the Flames to tie the game, but then they draw a penalty, a very blatant hold, 
Uh, I believe Luke Glenn Denning was getting held along the boards. The Stars have an opportunity, two-minute man advantage, where it felt like they just could not get anything going. And there were moments where the Flames were honestly on attack in, the, in their offensive zone with only four men. Uh, you know, almost like they were on the man advantage, even though they are down. Uh, and, you know, they did that all night. The Stars just had to take advantage of that opportunity after kind of blowing that lead. They still had an opportunity. And, you know, it... It just boils down to also to, you know, I don't I didn't see anyone on social media really anywhere blaming Jake Ottinger for the sauce. I don't think you can pin this loss on him. He was really doing all that he could between the pipes for the stars was having a really, really good game. Uh, one of his better games of the season, similar to his game on Sunday against the Bruins, uh, one of his best performances. And then his defense was just making him work for too long in too many different scenarios. Those two goals he gave up at the end and then even the game winning goal, an odd man rush you know, man coming out of the penalty box, you just can't put your goalie in a position like that down the stretch, uh, especially a guy that just played two nights ago, probably still a little bit worn down from that, probably recovered somewhat, but probably still feeling some of the aches and pains from that game. And, and then just, you know, being on the defensive side of the ice for way too long, the stars were down the stretch, having to make Jake Ottinger just work extra, extra hard down the stretch after he's played a full two periods and a half up to that moment. Uh, just, just poor, poor execution from the stars. Uh, and I think, you know, Coach Rick Bonus needs to take responsibility for this. And I know many of you are going to agree with that take. Uh, you're probably like, yeah, no duh, Dane. Uh, but I, you know, at the time of recording this, haven't seen any post-game press conference bits from him. I haven't really heard too many quotes outside of him saying that was one of the worst losses we've had as a team. So I guess that's encouraging that he said we and not the players or those guys. He said we as a team. I believe Saad Yusuf quoted saying that on Twitter. Uh, but I, I can't imagine he took too much responsibility for this loss, even though he should. Uh, but I can't imagine he, he really did. Uh, and it's unfortunate because I don't think too much is going to change over this all-star break. Uh, I, I think that what we saw down the stretch is just indicative of his coaching style. And I know before I'll own up to it that I was a, a bonus defender, I guess, apologist, if you will, kind of in the earlier stages of the season and even on the winning streak. But the more and more that we have games like this, I'm starting to lose that, and I've pretty much lost it at this point. And I think you know games like this are just inexcusable. Uh, it's pathetic. It's weak. Um, you can't lose games like this and then you know come out in press conferences and say you know oh we we believe we're a playoff team. We think we have a chance to compete for the playoffs. Uh, that that's just wrong. Uh, you can't say one thing and then do the other. Uh, and that and that seems to you know be what has been done most of this season. Uh, and it's just a shame because this team does have a lot of talent and at their best. We saw this team kind of at their best a couple of days ago against the Bruins. This team can hang with the best of them in the league. Uh, and it's just infuriating that, you know, that coaching style kind of takes over the effect right there down the stretch of the game. Uh, I understand, you know, you do need to play a little bit more conservatively at times down the stretch when you're defending a lead. But also, if you have an opportunity to clear the zone and go on kind of an offensive break of your own, you've got to do it. Get a fourth goal. Get a fifth goal. Uh, do something to change what's happening because the, the Calgary Flames were getting way too comfortable in their offensive zone down the stretch. Didn't really seem like they had to work for any of those three unanswered goals that they scored in the third period. And I think that's just very, very telling of Bonus and his coaching staff at this point. And they have a lot to work on because they have eight divisional games coming up out of this all-star break. Um, and, and that's the bittersweet thing is we won't get to see this Stars team play again until February 9th. Uh, it's going to be about a week until we see the Stars take the ice. We'll see Joe Pavelski take the ice with the NHL All-Stars, which will be really fun. But I, I wish the Stars could play a little bit sooner because I, I would be curious to see how they bounce back from all this. They're going to have a lot of time to sit on this loss. This one stings. This one's going to sting 
pretty much probably all this coming week. Uh, I know that the players will probably say that they want to move past it, and I'm sure some will move past it quicker than others. But this one's got to sit with you for a little bit, and especially coming you know into these games with opponents like Nashville a few times, Winnipeg, back to back with Colorado at home and on the road. That's going to be a doozy, 100. percent I mean, you just can't make excuses for too much longer. You go on the road to Chicago at least once in that stretch, I believe. It's going to be tough, and so we're going to need to see this Stars team come out of this with, you know, a strong response. And I just don't know what we're going to see coming out of this All Star break. Uh, and it's very, very concerning what we saw last night for the Stars moving forward if they truly do want to be a playoff team this season. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Bars are also covered in 100% real chocolate, so you still get all that delicious taste, but with less of the unhealthy benefits. Uh, if you can even call them benefits, because they're really not. And there's so many delicious flavors to choose from with Built Bars. You can have coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint, brownie, and so many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Speaking of Built.com, you can go there right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Moving on to the next segment of today's episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. Do need to take a moment and address some of the good things that happened in last night's game because, like I said in the last segment, there were some good things that happened in the first two periods and even at the start of the third period for this Dallas Stars team. It wasn't like this was a blowout loss, uh, but still a gut-wrenching loss to take right before the All-Star break. But there were some good things in last night's game, starting with Joel Hanley recording his first NHL regular season goal off of assists from Riley Damiani and Tanner Caro. As only other NHL goal, we have to put an emphasis on first NHL regular season goal. Uh, many of you will probably remember this, especially you know if you were watching the Dallas Stars uh, back in 2020. His only other NHL goal was in the 2020 Stanley Cup Finals where he scored the first goal of the series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Back when he wore the number 39, Joel Hanley now wears the number 44. Really cool moment for him. Uh, at first, you know, I heard the the call about the goal, and I was like, oh, his first career goal. But then I forgot. I was like, oh, yeah, this dude scored against the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, back in the Edmonton bubble in the 2020 Stanley Cup Finals. But a uh, cool moment for him to, to get his first uh, NHL regular season goal. Uh, and, you know, Hanley's a guy that has been – very, very under the radar his entire NHL career. It's hard to even say under the radar because uh, it's not like he's necessarily been a slept-on player not putting up monster numbers. Uh, he spent a couple of years with the Canadians, one season with Arizona, and he's been with the Stars ever since, about 30 years old, uh, 30 years old on the dot, actually, Joe Hanley is. So kind of a, a journeyman, if you want to call him that, hasn't been in the league for all that long, kind of, you know, just been a guy that's bounced around from a couple teams and just filled his role as a defenseman on whatever squad he's on and uh, doesn't really seek out too much credit or glory, anything like that, but 
awesome to see him record his first NHL regular season goal because, you know, to still be in this league at age 30, uh, given, you know, the numbers he's put up, you know, that's a testament to how hard I'm sure that he works in practice. I, I, I can imagine that he's probably a good guy to, you know, have on the team, a good locker room presence. So very, very happy for Joel Hanley to, you know, have this milestone, uh, even though he scored one of, you know, the biggest goals you can score as a hockey player, which is scoring a goal in the Stanley Cup finals. But this is a cool moment for him as well. Um, really, really nice moment in the first period for this Stars team. And, and like I said earlier, the Stars as a team looked very, very good in the first two periods and a half of this game. They did give up that early goal to Lewis in the first period, but then after that, they really turned things on. Uh, they score a goal to, you know, even things up. Joel Hanley even things up with his goal. Jason Robertson then gets on the board pretty close to the end of the first period to send the Stars into the first intermission with a lead, which is a, typically a great thing for the Stars team historically this season. The forechecking was pretty solid. We've certainly seen better forechecking from this team throughout this season, but they were still having some really nice forechecking moments. Ottinger was in really good shape because he wasn't getting peppered every two seconds by a puck being thrown his way. The Stars' defense was doing pretty well overall, kind of suffocating the Flames, not giving them too many opportunities. Obviously, they did get that opportunity that put them up 1-0, to zero, but then they didn't really do anything else after that. They didn't do anything offensively in the second in the second period, and then even in the first 14 minutes or so of that third period, the Stars' defense was really coming to play, and Jake Ottinger, if pucks were getting to him, uh, he was pretty dialed in, uh, which is really good stuff to see from the kid number 29 in the crease for the Dallas Stars. Braden Holtzby uh, unavailable for last night's game, dealing with a lower body injury, uh, as well as Joel Kibiranta and Michael Roffel, who we knew was out, uh, has been out for a while, I believe, since the Detroit game a couple Fridays ago, whenever the Stars were on their road trip. But the coaching staff, uh, Rick Bonus, namely, did say that these guys should be good to go after the All-Star break. So that's at least a good positive there that the Stars seem, you know, will seem to be fully reloaded coming out of this break, which I think will be a beneficial thing for their ro roster, especially having Michael Roffel back, because a lot of you know how I feel about Michael Roffel, and I think the Stars are a better team when he is on the ice. Uh, and another nice moment from this game, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn have kind of a vintage moment. Uh, Sagan finds Ben in you know the slot right there in front of, I believe it was still Markstrom in the goal at the time. Yes, it was Jacob Markstrom still in the goal at that time. Jamie Ben makes a nice move with the puck and gets you know the puck in the back of the net to put the Stars up 3-1 to one in that second period, which was absolutely huge. Like I said earlier, the Stars historically good this season with multiple goal leads, especially when going into the second intermission. Uh, but as we all know, it would not last. But still, really, really good to see that moment. Jamie Benn has been very, very good in his entire career against the Flames. I think now he has like 35 points in 35 games played against Calgary. Uh, so it kind of seemed inevitable that he was going to have an impact on last night's game. Wish he could have had more of an impact. Wish he could have made a bigger, you know, some other bigger plays down the stretch. But uh, he, he got his goal. He got his point against this Calgary Flames team. And Tyler Sagan played a partner with a nice pass and really, really nice feed tape to tape from 91 to 14 for a goal. Uh, and you always love to see that, even if the game doesn't end exactly how we want it to. Uh, and the Stars, again, another positive. They made, uh, you know, I mentioned, was it Markstrom in the goal? The Stars made the Flames switch goalies halfway, I guess not halfway, a little over halfway. Uh, the Flames come out in the third period, and it's not Jacob Markstrom in the net anymore. It's Dan Vladder, which that's another frustrating thing, I guess, turning this positive into almost kind of another rant of how do you not take advantage of a worse goalie in the net. It wasn't like, you know, they had Vladder in the game to start. He did poorly because his numbers aren't great this season. And they put in Jacob Markstrom, who's actually had a pretty, pretty good season. Seems like a coach's decision to keep him 
uh, off the ice. I didn't really see anything on injuries, anything like that at the time of recording this. Maybe I missed something or something has come out now by the time that you're hearing this on him uh, health-wise. But I'm just like, how do you only put up like three shots on goal in the third period with a far inferior goalie on the net? You have to take advantage of that if you are the Dallas Stars. And they they just did not. Uh, he only had to save five shots. So that uh, you know, uh, also tells the story of how this game went for the Stars down the stretch. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the playoffs, right to the big game in a couple of weeks, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your playoff sports scores podcast and news this season and it's not just football bet online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops nhl boxing ufc along with live real-time updates of current games don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season bet online where the game starts And to close out today's episode of Locked on Stars, do you want to take a moment now that we're kind of at this halfway point in the season, if, I guess officially uh, with the All-Star break, the Stars, at least games-wise, have played, you know, they're now in the back half of their season, if you will, but the All-Star break kind of marking the middle of the season for the entire league. Want to take a moment and just kind of acknowledge the playoff picture as of right now. Take a bird's eye view outside of just the Dallas Stars and look at the rest of the National Hockey League as a whole, because I think it's good for me to stay up to date and informed on what goes on around the league. And I want to do the same for you guys. I want you guys to always be informed hockey fans listening to this podcast. Uh, And so we're going to take a moment and just kind of see uh, how this league is shaping out as far as playoff pictures go and talk about some teams that have had some really nice seasons, even though we didn't really maybe expect them to have these kind of seasons going into the year back in October. Uh, things in the Eastern Conference seemed all about wrapped up as far as who we will see in the postseason. It's really just going to be a matter of seeding and positioning, which will be huge, which will be a key factor as far as home ice advantage, things like that. But you take a look at this conference, and in the Metropolitan Division, you have the Hurricanes, Carolina with 64 points. The Rangers tied with them with 64 points as well, getting a big win last night against the Florida Panthers. And then to close out the Metro Division, you have the Pittsburgh Penguins in third place with 62 points. In the Atlantic Division, you have the aforementioned Florida Panthers with 69 points, which is a league best. Uh, They've been on an absolute tear. They had a fantastic month of January. Jonathan Huberdeau pretty much getting the first star of the month, player of the month, a guy that certainly should be in the Hart Trophy discussion for the league this season. The Tampa Bay Lightning, 66 points second place in the Atlantic Division, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, 61 points, third place in that Atlantic Division. And then the wildcard spots out east, you have the Washington Capitals with 59 points and the Boston Bruins holding on to that eighth spot out east with 55 points. So a lot of separation there. Detroit is the third team in that wildcard race, and I think they only have 47, 48 points. So a pretty substantial gap between them and the Boston Bruins. And I can't imagine Detroit or even a team like Columbus, who I think was in fourth, Catching up to a team like Boston or Washington, I guess there's still a lot of hockey left. Stranger things have happened, but I don't anticipate uh, too much changing as far as these teams that I just named in the playoffs out in the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference is a little bit more complex. In the Central Division, you have the Colorado Avalanche with 68 points. They've really turned things on lately. I think they've won 10 or 11 in a row. Uh, The Nashville Predators, 60 points. We'll talk about them in just a second. The Minnesota Wild, 57 points in that third place spot. 
a pretty close race with the team in the first place wildcard spot in the St. Louis Blues, but got to talk about the Pacific Division first. The Vegas Golden Knights, 57 points in first place there, followed by the Anaheim Ducks with 55 in second place, and the LA Kings with 53 points. Kind of uh, maybe a shocker to see the Kings in third place in this division after the start that they had to their season. And then the St. Louis Blues, like I said, also with 57 points, technically in the first wildcard spot, not in the third central division spot as of right now. A pretty close race between the Blues and the Wild. Been a pretty tight race between some of these top spots in the central division. And then now the Calgary Flames with a firm hold on that eighth spot out west with 50 points in. The Dallas Stars, San Jose Sharks, both with 48 points on the outside looking in uh, of that spot. And it's sad because the Calgary Flames, by the end of tonight, could have 52 points. They do play the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona, but uh, the Coyotes are a pretty bad team, and the Flames have been good on the road this year. So I, I can't see any reason why they don't leave Arizona uh, with anything less than two points. But just kind of looking at some of these teams, especially in the West, uh, and I hate to, I guess, give praise to a division rival, um, but I, I think they deserve it. What a season it's been for the Nashville Predators. I know myself and many other people were not very high on them going into this season. I can't remember off the top of my head where I had them finishing the division. I might have had them missing the playoffs. I think I had Chicago in the playoffs. Uh, I was wrong on that one. Roman Yossi is having a fantastic season, leading the team in points with 44 as a defenseman. Matt Duchesne doing Matt Duchesne things. 41 points, Forsberg, 38 points, Yuzi Saros uh, between the pipes for this Predators team, 0.927 save percentage, pretty good number there, and then 1,122 saves, which leads the NHL by a country mile, uh, that's a lot of saves, and that's a lot of shots coming at a goalie on a nightly basis. I don't know what the average is on that or the average shots he faces, uh, but he's doing a pretty dang good job, UC Saros is. So I'll stop gushing, not not even gushing, uh, because I don't like the National Predators. They're just having a really nice season, performing a lot better than myself and many other people thought. And it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of their season shapes out. And then another team out west that kind of came out of nowhere, the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, and it's not just rookie phenom Trevor Zegers, though he is second on the team in points with 32. Troy Terry, uh, fifth-round draft pick for this Anaheim Ducks team, who's been with this franchise for a few years now, 41 points leading the way for his squad. Guys like Ryan Getzlaff in his, 36, his age 36 year, similar to Joe Pavelski, having a really nice season, not quite the same numbers as Joe. Uh, he's third on the team in points, though, with 27. Again, at age 36, so another older veteran in this league having a pretty good season in the like same, you know, breath as Joe Pavelski, Alexander Ovechkin, names like that. John Gibson between the pipes for this Ducks team with a pretty good season right now, 0.922 save percentage. So the Ducks have really come out of a, a Pacific division that the expectations weren't too high for this season, but them as, as well, the, uh, the LA Kings, guys like Anji Kopitar, uh, Drew Doughty, guys like that, Jonathan Quick, Having a really nice season there in LA. Maybe it was the the arena name change from Staples Center to Cryptocurrency Arena or whatever it is, which is still a dumb name change. But maybe it's what has turned the King season around and maybe what has caused the Lakers season to go down in flames, as it seems. But really, really interesting. I think Vegas still runs away with that division pretty easily. They have one heck of a team. I don't think too many people are shocked by that. I know I'm not. They got off to a slow start this season, as did the Colorado Avalanche. But now both teams have kind of asserted themselves as the top dogs in their division. Speaking of the Avalanche, I think kind of at this point, uh, you know, I, I feel like an Avalanche-Panthers final seems inevitable at this point. And I think that would be a really fun final. I know I went on record saying preseason that I think the Stars had a really, really good chance to be back in the Stanley Cup finals. And I really did because of the roster that was coming back. A lot of the guys on this roster were on that 2020 Cup team. 
And I was like, why can't they run it back? They added some really good pieces in the offseason. And Holtby, Raffle, Glendinning, Suter, you name it. Hockenpah has been a nice add this season. They didn't really miss on too many free agent acquisitions that they brought in. But of course, I got my expectations up. Uh, maybe other people did too. But again, I, I think Avs Panthers final seems inevitable. I think that would be a very, very fun NHL 2022 Stanley Cup Finals matchup. Uh, a lot of offensive firepower from both those teams, but also some good defense, some good defensemen, namely Kale McCarr for the Colorado Avalanche, I think has an opportunity to shine in a moment like that. But we'll see how it shapes out because the playoffs are a wild animal. We've seen one seeds lose before and, you know, get out of the playoffs in the first or second round. And so the playoffs are absolutely insane. But at this point, it seems like we're on a collision course for a Colorado Avalanche, Florida Panthers finals matchup. And I'm very, very excited to see how the second half of this season shapes out. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Bets podcast. Get prepared for the Super Bowl coming up in a couple weeks. Bengals versus Rams going to be one heck of a matchup. Matthew Stafford versus Joe Burrow. You're going to need all the advice you can get if you're going to bet that game to try to get you some money on the big game with your boy Q and expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Go check out the Locked on Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast at for free. Speaking of free podcasts, the Locked on Stars podcast is also free and available wherever you get your podcast at. So be sure to subscribe to and follow us wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting streaming platform, Spotify, Apple, Google, Odyssey, you name it. If you can think of it, we're most likely on there. Be sure to also follow me on Twitter as well at Dane double underscore Lewis and the show at Locked on Stars. Be sure to tune in tomorrow as we'll be talking a little bit about some stars prospects that are continuing to thrive while getting ready to eventually make their jump to the NHL level. Uh, really, really exciting stuff going on with some Dallas Stars prospects. We're going to talk all about that tomorrow. We will see you there, Stars fans. Have a wonderful day.